What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. See any uh, alcoholic Bernie memes? I I saw a couple of Bernie memes. uh, Yeah, where he would like be sitting in a meeting or something like that. Yeah, just got little fucking schnapps bottles in his mittens, and he's like, (laughs) "Let's do this." Yeah, that really that burned out really quick, and I'm worried that that that's a um. I mean, I get it because, you know, it was relatable and it was fun and it was innocuous, right? Right. I mean, that could be that everybody could kind of, well, maybe. And you could like really attribute your own meaning to it. You could look at it and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, Bernie's got them where there's originals. He's a grouchy old man. Or you could be like, yo, Bernie's dissatisfied because the second time he's had to sit up here when he could have been up there getting inaugurated. Right. It's like, yo, let's just do this shit. I got to go get fucking leaks. (laughs) <laughs> my fucking right. chicken dumpling soup let's go <laughs> mm-hmm. you think he bernie's like a farmer's market kind of guy or he just has the shit like he just gets his chinese food to go, like dumplings i think he's probably a healthy i imagine he's a healthy eater i think he's like a dyed in the world fucking left winger so he's like yo farmer's market heirloom tomato maybe he's not a snob about it but i think he eats healthy i think he eats a lot of soup i think at that age you just fucking love soup dude is that just because you're always cold? Yeah. And, and it's it, easy to eat? You don't need a lot of teeth, you know? Like, you can just kind of drink it and mush up whatever's in there. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm four, I'm going to be 44, and I'm I'm concerned about my teeth. Not, like, desperately, but I have been mm-hmm. in the past where, you know, I chipped a tooth on an almond. That was when I was yeah. drinking. You you're know? on the precipice of soup, dude. Soup and porridge. You're, like, right on the edge of it. I love a good soup, a good stew. Oh, you know what's great, too, is I've been making... <laughs> Um, well, so I've been making, I get miso soup and then I get the noodles and I cut up and I do my own little stir fry. And so that's been, that's been really awesome. But I've also been making, uh, oatmeal with like frozen blueberries, a little honey. The overnight oats is the fucking jam, dude. So I was doing that for a while too. And and that's good if you don't mind them cold, but I wanted something warm. And so I'd put a little cinnamon in there. Yeah. I don't, I've been off the butter and the yeah, oil so you're not you're not hooking up a walter anymore and it's fucking <laughs> fresh to table butter no i so that and that's that's fine right i mean I, butter's good yeah and um i have constantly and forever been dealing with food as a substance and right. my, my my inability to regulate substances um yeah obviously is why we're here so yeah um, right it's just not that they might be giants podcast we planned on doing (laughs) it was not i mean well what would you if there was if there was another podcast like if you if there i don't know it's something like if we were like what 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 else could you and i talk about what could we wax 
for an hour long. I, mean, I don't know. Video really, games, culture, just be a culture. culture. Culture and politics, maybe, but culture and politics. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, yeah. everybody's that's that shit is saturated. I don't know that I have any sort of who needs the Gen X take on culture. I mean, I think we're all doing that at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, who the fuck else needs it? Some like young guy who's just like, man, I'm just here trying not to drink, and these guys are talking about fucking Gilligan's Island. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Which happens on this podcast too, though. Um. So. I bet there's some sort of metaphor in there about alcoholism, Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island. Like we're all the fucking skipper. Like I don't know. Just there's the skipper. Gilligan. Maybe Gilligan is your is your id. The skipper Ooh. is your super ego. I don't know. <laughs> I see. I'm like, <laughs> yo, and Marianne died of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Way King's to fucking gone go. too. Yeah. Larry King died. Yeah. I but mean, I mean, not, he was 87. He like, was a that's... fucking scarecrow suspenders, dude. I mean. <laughs> I that's, thought he was. I thought he was dead for years. That's good. I was. I was asking the same thing about Mr. T, but he's still kicking. Yeah, he's um, alive. He's a healthy yeah. guy, dude. I just don't see. You know, when you don't see somebody or hear about them, and I'm like, huh. And I don't know why Mr. T came up. Maybe because I was watching yeah. Rocky clips. You're like, um, yo, is Robert Blake dead? And I'm like, no, he's in prison. He like killed a lady. Is he still in prison? <laughs> yeah, he like yeah. killed a lady. Yeah, yeah he I remember that. Killed the lady. So weird. Um, Oh, first off on the top, I guess now that we've been talking about this shit for five minutes, but on the top, my dad listened to D is for drugs on his way to work. And he just wanted to make it really clear. He came in and he's like, Hey, I was laughing at your podcast. You guys are hilarious. And just want to let you know that, uh, I wasn't really concerned about your masculinity in regards to that chainsaw. I just, (laughs) it was more like parental concern, you know? And, uh, I just want to let you know, you know, I really took some umbrage to you saying that they were small chainsaws. I think they're very big chainsaws and you know, you're sitting here talking shit about the chainsaw is not a small chainsaw, Jerry. I just want to let you know as your son, you're my son. I just didn't want to see you get hurt, just so you know. And now I'm like, dang, I'm on Dad Watch, my podcast. Like Dad Watch. And the, <laughs> the other thing was he's like, Oh, and you tell John that uh, you know, if he's got those painkillers sitting around, he should just throw them out. What what's he saving them for? There's no just in case. Just in case what? He's like, and just so you know, and then he gave me some um st- statistic. He's like, you know, this percentage of people who overdose on drugs. They don't buy those drugs off the street. They usually come in and steal them out of your uh, medicine chest. So, you know, if John has a plumber over or something, that guy takes his Percocets. You never know, you know? And I'm like, I don't think John has anybody in his house. I think the only no. person probably steal drugs out of his medicine chest would be Walter. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. No, that's, that's a not, Walter that, joke. I don't think Walter would do that. No. Walter's actually would not steal from anybody. Walter's very He would probably give me a very good, uh, very good price for them if, uh, if, Absolutely. If, the, if, the, if the opportunity arose. But yeah, I mean, I guess your dad's right in that I don't need them. I just thought of them as like, not necessarily just in case for me. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, maybe I just have some perceived imaginary. It's the same reason why I have bottles of wine in the, in the fridge. It's like, well, that's or not in the fridge. Dude, if society breaks down, which it already is starting to, you can be like, yo, I'll trade you these Percocets and these four bottles of wine for like your two flats of fucking water. Right. Or that, that was chicken. Kind of, so it was a commodity. Give me that chicken. Mind, yes, right? it is it still was... commodity. I mean, I've got a bottle in here that I'm like, yo, if I need to trade this for a fucking goose, I got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of my thought, and I I maybe I will, maybe I won't. Twenty twenty one, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I guess there's no just in He's case. All, like Jerry, just coming from an addict's perspective, just coming from an addict's perspective, Jerry, I'll tell you, that's I what get, I would do. That's get, that's what he was telling me. Right. That's, okay. That's, sure. Geraldo, sure. He says he says Geraldo, walk with me, Geraldo. Can I talk to you for a second? 
That's my dad. Because that's your that's your real name, right? Or no, my it... name's Gerard, but he calls me Geraldo. His name is Gerard. It's like, Geraldo. Walk with me. That's his other favorite one too. Walk with me. And then it's like he's got a tape measure, and I'm like, oh shit, and we're going into the desert, like, <laughs> which I love, man. Yeah, I love uh-huh. that shit. But it's just funny because I was painting. Came in yesterday, Geraldo. Walk with okay, me. Okay, Pop. Walk with me. Get some beautiful shots, some pictures on your Instagram of that. That's sky. just all around the yeah. dude. It's it's so easy. It's like I'm not even trying. You just point the fucking phone up, take a picture, and saturate mm-hmm. it on your little editing fucking yeah. app. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, look at you, Ansel Adams. I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm just in a good spot. Right. Let me go downtown Tucson, take some shots, and I'll show you. <laughs> it's just, you but it's really see. like down there, dude. I'm like Grant Navernon, which is east side Tucson, where it's just like, whoa. Over by the happy dog and the fucking yeah. uh, boarded up 7-Eleven. Dude, or something, it's just like a whatever. naked guy fighting another naked guy in a wheelchair, just beating the shit out of each other. And both of them have Trump hats on. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. No, we don't need to see that. I like the desert pictures better. Yeah. So today's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Eight minutes um, into it. We're okay. We this, we, is it? Uh, I think. I wanted to, sometimes I like to take the two letters together because some, some phrase in my head kind of sticks. And so yeah. I wanted to talk about the ebb and the flow. And I believe ebb and flow tends to, um, when we talk about it, we talk about waves going in and coming out, going mm-hmm. in and coming out. And um, the thing that I have been realizing in my life as of recently and having having the last year of, all of these acute crises um, of the pandemic dropping, of losing my job, of losing my other job, of having to deal with unemployment, of, Mm. you know, then having to make the choice to go back to work earlier than I thought because I was scared, you know, I was scared, but I didn't want to like burn through unemployment and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, in the summer we had the, fires which you know you had them up in Oregon too yeah mm-hmm. and then um, there were several injuries that had come from improper exercise and or running um, there was that and then the ankles that were really killing me in April that really um, downgraded all that stuff there was the breakup there was everything <laughs> leading up to the election there was the election itself there you're like was... your list of shitty things is there a post-it taped to your computer of all the shitty things it's no, like I'm this hanging is... out with my grandmother I'm and just... she's telling me all the shitty things I'm just going through in my you know and then there was the weight and you're sober that's and, pretty impressive and, uh, you're not I'm surprised you're not fucking drunk right now, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be it would be pretty easy. I got you wine. got some good I, reasons I to pills. get. You got a couple good reasons to get drunk. I got them pain pills. Watch out, my dad's gonna be listening to ENF oh. next week, being like, he's gonna call you, Johnny. Juanito, throw him out. You need throw, throw him out. out. I heard that podcast. Got to throw him out. Throw him out. Sounds like you had a shitty year. <laughs> I don't. I I don't think much happened in December. Christmas. Uh, Did you have a Christmas. alone Christmas? I didn't have an alone Christmas. Christmas was pretty good, um, you know, and then, you know, New Year's uh, and then the insurrection. And um, so there's been a lot of all these. Acute yeah, a bunch of, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And personal and in a micro and macro. Right. So right. I, I feel like some of these have been affected. Some people people have been affected by some of these in different ways, um, both. We now have collective crises that we're dealing with. And then there's also everything that people deal with personally. And I have been able to, as of the last week, kind of reflect back on it. And 
there has been a definite E and F ebb and flow of, mm -hmm. of not only my feelings and my emotions. And I've talked about this before. We'll have depressive episodes yeah. I'll sink into it and then I'll get out of it. And knowing that those depressive episodes are not going to last doesn't always make them feel better, but there's a certain amount of solace in knowing that, Oh, well, okay, this might last for a few days, but it's not going to be the end. And yeah. maybe I'm on more of a manic or positive uh, uh, tip right now. Feeling good today. I'm feeling good today. <laughs> well, but that I can reflect back and I can see this because I don't think that I, I don't remember another year in my life, sober or otherwise, where I was so acutely aware of things that were going on and I could kind of look back and know, oh, August was the first time I hurt my back and then the fires and lost mm -hmm. my job because of the fires, mm -hmm. not even to mention COVID, right? So, right. so when I think back on 2019, I was not as acutely aware of what was going on in my life. And maybe that's because I had a job or I was doing other things or do you know, I feel like, I feel like people's attention, or at least my attention, has been far more focused. Yeah. And um, I've been able to look back and I go, oh, okay, so these things come and they go and they come and they go. And if I hurt right. myself, that's not going to last forever. And so I don't have to be so sad about it. And I know that forest fires are going to be back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, know that, that shit's not gone, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> And if I am one of the lucky fortunate ones, I will have a week's worth of Blade Runner type skies. And I'll yeah. just have to stay indoors and figure that out. If I'm fortunate and lucky, that's what is going to come, say, August, September, and, and hopefully not further. But so it's there's been a certain sense of relief in that, knowing that the ebb and flow, so that when I look forward to the future, um, and go, you know, there's a lot of people like, well, 2021, we don't know. Don't make too many, uh, don't make any plans. Right. She could get wild. Right. But we've we didn't already... know in 2014. We didn't know in right. 2010. This just happened to be a way more intense because we had a lot of crazy shit going on politically. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, dude, I don't know. I mean, not to get too overtly political, but, you know, everything was a wild card when Trump was president. I really do think like everything was wild card because you didn't know what the power, the greater thing was going to be happening. Like the people that are in charge of the money to mm -hmm. keep this whole structure running, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could have been, I mean, if we had Trump in office during the Obama years, we could have all had Ebola and been bleeding out of our fucking faces to death because they didn't give a shit up top, you know, not that, mm -hmm anybody really not that in my opinion any of them really give a shit up top anyway they just want to keep the machine running but that, that's i don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet we'll wait on that right now we're still on the positive ebb and flow of life well, so you you're know? but you're talking you're saying that they're um circumstantial dude you know right. but like we had everything's so uncertain my recovery is uncertain your recovery is uncertain i imagine my attitude today even in the podcast is uncertain i'm like today i'm like yeah let's podcast next week i might be like i don't want a fucking podcast i want to eat corn in the backyard or whatever you know like it all changes it all ebbs and flows is it the the how do you say it atole What's elote Elote. Man, there's not a love elote action in this house. I need to make that happen. <laughs> I need to put that can you, to. Can you explain committee. to the people what elote is? Elote is like a roasted corn cob with mayonnaise and lime and chili powder on it and salt and pepper. It's good. Pretty much. 
with with uh, either mayonnaise or sour cream. I like mayonnaise mm-hmm. personally because mayonnaise, I like it, but that's yeah. pretty much what it is. That's why I like all the memes about white people eating mayonnaise. And I'm like, yo, Mexican-Americans love fucking mayonnaise, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like a Sonoran hot dog is slathered mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Which yeah. they don't really have anywhere else but here, too. But yeah, I want to eat a lote in the backyard. I want to talk about recovery today. But today I'm like, yeah, it's all ebb and flow. It's just like recovery is ebb and flow. You know, like we got that message from that young man about a week ago. And I, I liked it a lot on Instagram. He like mm-hmm. put us in a group together and we all kind of talked and he yeah. was saying like, okay, I've got so much time. I think it was six months, maybe, or nine months. It was something early. It was something in, in three. He's probably listening to this going, dude, it's fucking six months, dummy. But he was like, yo, I think I'm out of that pink cloud. And now I'm just kind of working on the maintenance aspect of it. Right. And that's that I think kind of lines up with the ebb and flow thing where it ebbs, it it like comes in and you're like so overwhelmed that you're making this positive change in your life, your body, your brain's flooding your body with positive endorphins because now the endorphins that you were getting before to deal with the pain management of hangovers and your liver and your kidneys all fucked up now that there's a void there. So you're still getting kind of your body's still used to flooding your brain with those endorphins to make you not feel like shit, but you don't feel like shit anymore. So you feel really good. Right. You mm-hmm. get that ebb and flow. And then after a while you regulate, you know, you course correct, you know? And so that absolutely makes sense even with our attitudes in life in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just feel like, the pink cloud is great and there might be another yeah. one you know yeah, we, there, there absolutely we, will be another one though that's we always thing. talk about it as if it's this one-time deal in sobriety and that you get it in that first few months maybe maybe that first maybe few weeks don't. few months yeah. six months and then it's gone and then you're like shit you know the the big steaming plate of reality right right and um but it comes and goes and so that's that's kind of the thing that i have been just that uh, that's that's occurred to me is like oh okay so this is great man like oh things are good right now things are interesting things right you know and not that my life is fascinating but i'm interested in my life and that may change and all these other things around me that i cannot control may come up and i feel like 2020 has helped me to adapt to that and to look at these things when they happen mm-hmm. not as this horrifying and terrifying thing um and, and there are lots of i mean don't get me wrong january yeah. 6th and watching it live was like right. horrifying and terrifying and plus you click in on january 6th and there's four hundred thousand covid deaths within a, le- a year yeah within a fucking year yeah, yeah the whole year was horrifying and terrifying but you know what it reminds me of is like where I feel my best in my life is when I am void of everything. It's really weird, man. It's almost like a meditative state when I feel nothing and I'm just completely in the middle is when I feel my best because I'm like, I'm not having this crazy sugar high or this crazy sex high or this crazy Mm -hmm. high from having new shit. And I'm not having a low where I, my back hurts or fuck my neck up or I have a migraine. It's like Mm -hmm. right when I'm in the middle, I feel my best. Cause I'm like, dude, I have, I don't feel anything right now. This is awesome. Like I don't feel pain. I don't have my, like I, like I said earlier, I don't have a migraine. I haven't strained a wrist or an ankle. And I'm also not like way over the top feeling great. And I think that's what I found with drinking was I was looking for that middle void where I didn't feel anything at all. And not a numbness, like I don't feel anything. More like a nothing's 
bothering me. Nothing is affecting me. I'm just kind of floating along with it. I'm ebbing and flowing with it. I'm just rolling along, right? And so 2020, I think in my opinion, it was really hard to find those moments where there was just nothing because there was always something. Yeah. Even outside of the news, like in your own personal life, like you dealt with the disillusion of a relationship, you dealt with the insecurity of jobs and shit. And like the fear, the immediate fear of being in a wildfire, that's scary shit. We both dealt with that because I was mm-hmm. just like everything I own could burn up and that's fine. I'll let it go. I don't give a fuck about my stuff. I give a fuck about my people, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, dude, there was a whole year being like, do I have COVID? An entire year of being like, do I have COVID? It's like that meme where the little cartoon meme where it's the butterfly and the guy's like, is this a butterfly? You know what I mean? And I always imagine just the butterfly being like sinus pressure. And I'm like, is this COVID? You Mm -hmm. know, it's like my whole, and even now I'm like, is this COVID? You know, because we're not out of the woods yet, but yeah, but I hear Uh, you, dude. I hear you. So, so that 2020 has taught me that to look at things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. It's taught me to look at everything differently. Yes. including, Including my sobriety and that this, that sobriety is, this is just my life now. And that it is, um, not that it isn't something I don't actively work on or focus on or think about or read about or, or watch or go or whatever, but that's just the baseline. Sobriety mm-hmm. is the baseline. So uh, not drinking today. Okay. Well, then now what do I, what do I work on? Do I, I want to, you know, I want to go, go for a run. Uh, what am I reading right now? What am I writing about? You know, I started writing some, I don't know if it's a short story or what, but it's just sort of these little clips. Anyhow, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's stuff that, um, that I now can look at that I'm not drinking anymore mm-hmm. that I now can, I don't have to have this, impending the impending doom of not having enough booze in the house was fucking awful it was hard to manage dude it was was hard hard to manage manage. oh i gotta go out sometimes impossible to manage yeah because you had to go get more so you couldn't manage that Mm -hmm. fear of running out and i have it with little things still like with nicotine or caffeine like i overdo it on caffeine or i overdo it with nicotine but but those are manageable like mm-hmm. I'm just like, if I don't have caffeine, I'll be all right. If I don't have nicotine, then yeah, I get grouchy and irritable because that's just the nature of your body letting that shit go. But the alcohol was way worse. The alcohol mm-hmm. was like being trapped in a sinking boat, you know, it yeah. was like constant yeah. maintenance. Like you're just yeah. having to bail out constantly or you're going to drown. I don't have that feeling very much anymore. I have it sometimes, but not with not at least it's not with booze. It's more like things that are like, okay, this is unmanageable in this moment. I need to walk away from this house isn't going to burn down. I'll just walk away from it and come back to it later. And that's, that's it. That's it. You walk away from it and you come back to it later when you can regroup and refocus. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just because I don't struggle with the constant craving for alcohol doesn't mean that it's not on my mind or that I'm not looking for some other solution to the general problems of being a human being right now right (laughs) you know because because i get lonely i get bored i think about whether or not this is this going to last forever or is it going to end tonight you know and i know that seems a little bit dramatic but those those thoughts cross my mind Uh um and so i i feel better today and i'm in i'm I, i would say that i'm in a flow today and i have been for the last few days good i don't know like 
like when I think about sleeping, I don't, and I try to, you know, put my solid bedtime in. I try to, I, my alarm goes off at the same time every single morning now. And I don't, but I don't always get to bed and feel immediately ready to rest. And so there are these nights where it's like, fuck. Yeah. Again, but yeah, I can relate to that. Absolutely. Right. But, but, but when I look at the bigger picture, I go, well, this is just one night and getting angry at yourself is not going to help. And I, and that's when I started thinking, oh, just make this your meditation time. If you can't sleep, you can meditate, right? Yeah. I just lay in the dark and do my meditation, check in with my body. And ultimately I end up falling asleep. Mm. But I also am not to the point where I no longer, even if I have a restless night, I don't wake up going, well, my whole day's fucked. Yeah, I used to do that too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so I think the same thing with sobriety, I imagine. Um, if you're having a bad day and all you can think about is alcohol, well, then think about it. And, you know, if you want to be miserable and think about it, then what I like to do is give myself, you know, compartmentalized time and say, well, you're fucking miserable. So you can be miserable until 2 p.m. Or really? whatever it is. Sometimes, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I'll be like, okay, so let's really get into it. Let's really fucking dig into it and be as miserable as you can because then we're just going to cut it off. And that doesn't always work, but at least when I know 2 p.m. comes around, I can go, oh, okay. So I'm it's it's time to it's it's time to done being it's time for me to stop being miserable. What do I do instead? Dance. So dance sure sure i'm working on my you know i'm a 44 year old man who's trying to stay up on the tiktok dances it's not easy man don't do that <laughs> if I can, don't do that renegade, just, just get your fucking oh I don't, I don't even know what that is you're on social media so much you know that right yeah like i'll go on twitter every once in a while and it'll be like just a row of like john posted a video and it's like eight videos in a row on instagram well so those are all connected yeah to your so instagram like, yeah right so if i and so sometimes I'll just blast off and I'll do like eight in a row. Yeah. And then, and then a Twitter and then Twitter and then TikTok. Well, Twitter and sure. Instagram It's TikTok too. And then you're just yeah. like, and I'm like, fucking John, go outside and touch a hummingbird or something. The right. Fucking, so don't be doing TikTok. So yeah. Dances, and you pervert. You're right. You're absolutely right. So you I know, go outside. Do what makes you happy. I'm sorry. Hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you. You do what makes you happy. I'm just fucking with you. It's all in levity. It's all for the sake I, of levity. But my ahead. feelings are not hurt. My I know. Uh, you know. I don't want to keep you listen, from being me and a my me TikTok, and my TikTok dude. community are going strong. Right. You've I mean, reached I, middle age TikTok, and it's yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, whatever, man. I I think that it's it's been a. Uh, it's been a, it's been an entertaining, you know what it is? And I saw this, I saw a video from this woman and this made a lot of sense. And the thing that TikTok does that like say Instagram doesn't. And I, I, I think that Instagram is going to be falling away and not be as um, instrumental mm-hmm. is that TikTok tends to glorify the mundane. Like people will just like do little clips and videos of their day of them making their bed or making coffee and like put some music to it and, or whatever it is. And I find that it's like really 
interesting to watch because we all have these mundane moments. Whereas Instagram is all about the body that you don't have and the the clothes that you don't have and the car that or you the don't have. The money you don't There's have. a lot of TikTok influencers too, though. Yeah. It's just a different type of animal because they're young, way younger. Yes. On TikTok. Yeah. So I, I think that there's something to be said about that, that it's like, you know, these little snippets into each other's lives and kind of just en- entertaining each other with, um, with just the mundane of our daily lives, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. Um, but so like you said, go outside and touch a hummingbird. I'm working on that. I'm going to get some of those little like handheld. And then feeders. film it, film it, film yes. it for TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> some guy had him where he had him. Uh, anyhow, it's, it's, he had him on his glasses. Yeah. So he would just yeah. sit there. Your the TikTok must be weird as fuck. I you bet your algorithm's weird. Mine is like weird socialist. <laughs> Mine goes socialist. Let's just fuck it, right? Mine goes mm-hmm. socialist, Native American, and then queer TikTok. And then mm-hmm. it's starting to slowly get into artist TikTok and then musician, because I really like people who make music a lot. Yeah. Like there's a dude who does like food labels and sings some like 80s pop, like pop songs. Have you seen that guy? I think so. Send me one. Um, I'll have to look through it. But so that's where my, where does yours go? I'm all over the place. I well, are, I follow like I follow like 1,200 different people, so it's different. See, I don't follow time. that many people. I follow like 12 people. I need well, to get on it and follow everybody. Well, and so there's there's a there's a this is this is not about sobriety. Well, I mean, this is what we do in sobriety, but um, you know, I, I, I probably, the younger crowd will get it. Our older crowd, the boomers, are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" I barely figure out Facebook. I thought COVID right? was gonna give me a microchip. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's. You know, you don't want to follow too many people. I probably follow too many, so I'm not seeing yeah. the regular repeaters and people that I enjoy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But also, when somebody makes me laugh out loud, I'm like, yes. And so that's kind of what it is for me, is that these little bits of comedy that, again, another thing I realized in 2020, when I would see people like Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers and, you know, all these people, they would just show up, like, no makeup, no lighting, just right. bad camera angles in their fucking bedrooms or hallways. And I'm like these people needed all of this to prop them up. Yeah. Maybe they weren't that entertaining. They weren't that funny. And you know what? I can't fuck with any of them because the only one I ever thought was funny was Jon Stewart. Do you know what I mean? Like the new Mm -hmm. Trevor Noah, he's all right. But Jon Stewart's funnier than Mm -hmm. Seth Meyers, than Jimmy Kimmel. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Kimmel's an asshole, kind of. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. he's like man show asshole. He's like a Rogan. Now he's like newer, kind of. Right. But he just will always remind me of that. that The man show asshole shit but anyway i guess this is way outside of recovery but i just like that i'm you know we're is there a recovery tiktok you think yeah there's lots of sobriety i haven't TikTok fucked with sobriety tiktok yet and so i get a lot of native like cree like cree dancers which mm-hmm. i love i love watching mm-hmm. that the hoop dancing and shit there's yeah. sobriety tiktok there's now i gotta go look TikTok. it up like, sobriety i haven't even hit running tiktok i'm barely running reddit right now i follow this guy uh elemental running and uh-huh. i'm now on his strava group and so he's going to be starting a boot camp in February. And Yo, so- I've, have you ever heard of Hoka running shoes? Yeah. I want to yeah. buy a pair. Are they good? Do you hear good things? I hear, I hear lots things. of good things. I hear they lots just of great things. So fucking ugly. Like yeah. the whole back heel sticks out. So it just looks like some, it looks like a, like a boomer's version of what the future should be. And I just feel weird. I've dogged boomers twice, like three times in this podcast. I, just, I guess we should make with the not drinking, huh? Right. Well, right. so I will say this. And so when you talk about going outside and doing the things that you love and something that has replaced drinking for me, um, when you talk about hokas, I mean, I think as long as you just keep your form right, that's why I always love my minimalist shoes. Got to bring um, your knees up, dude. Got to right, pop, pop, right. pop, 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 dude. Yeah. Working um, on that. 
So I've been I've been going back to the ebb and the flow of my fitness, which is something that's really been focusing. I've been focusing yeah. on, and I ate a bunch this year. I mean, I know that yeah. sounds like that's a ridiculous. I ate, thing no, to but say. I ate a bunch of last like since I've been in Arizona. I've been eating like a wild man, so mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. So and I gained some weight back, but mm-hmm. and I look at old pictures of myself. Obviously, I'm different because I don't have the fucking whatever this is. And the oh, and that yeah, but, I don't know. You're owning it now at this point. You you look less homeless and more like a communist. Yes. You do. You look Lost more like capital. you know what today I was like watching you talk, and I'm like, John looks like a college professor. Uh, yeah. Like the one that's like, just go kiss that boy. Who cares if you're a boy? Kiss other boys. Get out there and feel the fabric of life. Yes. 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 Captain, my um, captain. We'll be doing a uh we should do a stage show, Jerry, one of these days when stages are a thing. And I'll play um, a 26-year-old. Mm-hmm. No. So so <laughs> fitness. So gross. Okay. Fitness. Fitness is the thing that I'm focusing on now. Uh-huh. And I've realized that, oh, so I gained a little bit of weight, no big deal. And I thought, oh my God, I got into this point in my mind where I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to lose this weight. I'm never going to be able to run like I used to run. Mm-hmm. My ankles are always going to hurt. Something is always going to hurt. And so the other day I went out and it was at about two, two and a half miles. My shins were really hurting. My ankles were really like bad, like, ow, 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 ow. And I would stop and I would walk and I was like, okay. At first I was like, fuck it. Let's just go home. This will be a short one. And it's going to, you're going to feel sorry for yourself and you're going to be done with it. And then instead I said, well, what if you just walk the rest of the way of this long, this, it was like a five mile loop that I usually do. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just fucking walk it. I can walk it. It still hurts, but it doesn't hurt as bad. And somewhere after, and I would like pick up the pace a little bit and then I would walk because it would hurt really bad. Like I was like, I don't know what shin splints are, but I'm pretty sure this is what's happening. Yeah. And somewhere after the five miles, like the pain just kind of melted away. Like it just, it just went away. And, you know, Casey Deck once said um, something about, you know, and, this is something runners say is like the first mile is all a lie. Right. And he was like, fuck it. The first five are, it's just all lies. Like, and what and it's sense, just, how is it a lie? Like the managing the, pain or managing the, pain. So that I'm just like, it doesn't feel good. I'm not loose. I'm not limber. I can't do this. That first, every single step is a lie. Right. It's just yeah. like, ow, 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 ow. And then after about five miles, like a lot of the pain went away and I was able to find a stride and I felt loose and I felt like, you know, I felt like I could go for a long time. And so as I was coming back around to where my house was, uh-huh. um, then the song came on, Pour Me Another by Atmosphere. Speaking right. of alcoholism, I highly suggest anybody go listen to that song if you're interested in alcoholism and hip hop. And so I was like, fuck it. Like that was going to be like six or seven miles. And I was like, I'm going to go push this. And so I went up the way that I started and I mm-hmm. came back down and I ended up doing nine in a, quarter miles and that was after i was going to quit after two and a half because the pain in my shins and so i feel like my body and i have a i have a tendency to lie to myself about things that i don't really know enough about Mm because i don't know enough about running i don't know that much about sobriety and recovery other than you know that you're doing it (laughs) i did it i do it i went through this program i went through Mm -hmm. these steps with somebody and i just don't drink Right. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, but it's all about, it's about the rest of my life too. And so that's the thing that I realized I was like, oh, so I can get back into this. I'm not forever going to be on the sidelines. It just happened that I was in some pain 
And I had to figure out how I was moving my feet. I had to figure out that I needed different shoes, even though I loved these other shoes, they were no longer serving me. So I threw, you know, I didn't throw them away, but you know, I put them away. Yeah. And they're like yard work shoes now. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think can be um, dialed into sobriety is just because it's whatever you're doing isn't working, whatever, if you're, you know, we're going to a meeting or a Zoom meeting or reading in a book or working with someone in particular, and maybe that person doesn't jibe with you or whatever the thing is, mm -hmm. it's not going to be forever. No. If you don't want it to be. <laughs> right. If you don't want it to be. Right. <laughs> so that was some, that's something that has been a big epiphany. And then yesterday, two days later, after that epiphany, I went out and my shins felt fine. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go out and see how far I can go. And I did over 10 miles. Wow. And so, you know, like how many days apart though? Two. Don't, like yeah. I had one. I was like, don't push it. No. You can't do 10 every day, John. Jesus but Christ. Not I yet. Not yet. Not yet. Will, but not yet. Right. But it's like when like you were I doing could... one and you thought about doing three and you were like, I could never do three miles. I didn't. I re right? And I was remembering one other spot where I was just walking. I was at like 270 pounds and I would just walk and I was like, that's fucking two miles all the way down there and back. I can't do that. I can't go there. Yeah. And now I'm just like, you know, and yeah. so it is, it is impressive. And so I, again, I kind of just equate that level of um, experience and progress in sobriety and that. Well, yeah. Can you imagine sitting there being like, dude, I couldn't go a week without a drink. Like, why no. would I want to go? We could why drink? would I? That's There's exactly shit to right. do. But see, it wasn't like for me, it wasn't like, oh, I could, I can't, I physically cannot go a week. For me, I would lie to myself and be like, man, I can't go a week without a week. A drink next week is so and so's party. And then mm -hmm. it's, I got band practice on Wednesday and I got this and that, all these excuses. Do you know what I mean? It was never mm -hmm. like, it was rarely like, oh, I'm such a fucking drunk. Down to the end, where I was like, wow, I need to drink or I'm going to get really sick. But the excuses kind of led into that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's Christmas next week. What the fuck? And then right after that's New Year's. New of Year's. course, how am I going to go a week without drinking? I got to go to fucking, I got to go to Chantley's fucking New Year party. It's excuses, man. And we do, we're all guilty of putting those excuses in front of us. And, right, you know, and we can mirror that in running. That's why I mm -hmm. love running so much because that process reminds me of recovery. And if you like go you back, said, yeah, if yeah, you go back to the podcasts, there was a period where I was running and you said, yeah, man, I can't really do that. Yeah. I do my thing at home. And yeah, and I, I, I like, just do my there. yoga and shit. Yeah. But, but that was the, you know, the thing when the, when the shins were hurting around mile two and uh -huh. I ended up going nine and I was like, I'll just, I'll just, push through it and push through it and push through it. And you hear this a lot and I hate, I hate the way it sounds and it's, it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna sound corny and it's gonna sound like I, I roll my eyes whenever I hear somebody say this, but when they talk about like digging deep, right. And finding something right. else somewhere else inside of you and kind of push yourself, propel yourself forward. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I did that day. Then whatever day that was like three or four days ago. And I was like, okay, so that's what that is. And part of it was not giving up, not giving into the voice that wants to give up. It was taking the progress that I was going to make in the run and going, you know what? I'm just going to fucking walk it. Yeah. So as long as I'm still moving forward, then I'm still making progress. It doesn't matter. 
So I redefined the success of that run. I redefined yeah. what it was going to mean to me. And then when the pain subsided, I pushed myself a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then when it came time to make that turn to go home, I realized, oh, I don't need to make that turn just because it's there. I feel really good and I want to see how much further I can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all so, you got to do is turn around, you know? And I was like, well, you ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do today. Craig, <laughs> it's Friday, Craig. It's Friday. It's fucking gorgeous in California. What are you going to go? See? You're already going to go sit the rest of the day in your house. Mm-hmm. So you might as well spend two hours out there than just, you know, one or one and a half. And so it was all those little steps to like digging deep. And I, I didn't realize to this day what that meant until that afternoon where I was like, I, Oh, I really like what oh. your, your concept, your concept of redefining what is redefining what success is to you. Right. Yeah. Is that what you said? Redefining. I really like that a lot. Cause I, I think that whole change of perspective can be really fucking helpful it just in life in general. Right. So when I first got here, I couldn't do five miles, the elevations. I remember you will go back like, three four podcasts and i was like dude i gassed out of less than a mile and now i'm finally hitting my stride of five miles but it was i had to in the beginning i had to really redefine like what is a successful day what is a successful run what did i get done today that makes me feel like i accomplished something today and sometimes you don't have to accomplish shit you know it's just what is your definition of, of what it is i like that concept a lot i'm stealing that from you well i mean it just it was either that or give up right and i didn't want to give up but even giving up in a sense isn't necessarily a negative thing. It's just that you've now redefined your definition of what would be a successful run for the day. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like right. even, even a quarter mile into it, you're like, look, this hurts too much. I'm uncomfortable. Hey, at least I did a quarter of a mile. It's better than mm-hmm. nothing, you know? Yeah. It's better than, yeah. Than just, I guess if that, if that is the, if that is what success is in your brain is even getting off the couch, you know? But yeah, yeah, but give, but there are there are definite like aspects of giving up in it as well. That could be a negative where you're like have that, but that's also what you have defined in your mind. It's, I guess it's fitting the narrative to fit into what you want it to be in a way, which could be helpful. I guess could be unhealthy depending on what way you apply it. But sure, I mean anything can be unhealthy if, if I start using it as an excuse, and then yeah. that just becomes the excuse. Yeah, then I'm not making any real pro- any real progress. Progress, but, yeah. But if I'm go out there and I'm like, yeah, man you know what? And there's been a couple of days where I was like, my lower back would really hurt. Something would get mm-hmm. out of like, it, there's something going on and it feels great today. But I was like, you know what, man, not today. And I'm going to be okay with that. And you know, I don't even need to lift any weights. You don't really need to do anything. Why don't you just, uh, sometimes I'll get the yoga mat out and I'll just lay on it. Really? Just do child's if, pose, cry. <laughs> and just, yeah, basically. And so, and so then that becomes the uh, the definition of success. And it's like, it was better for me to redefine it than it was to give up. And and so even if that means cutting it short, at least I went out there and I did it. And ultimately I ended up going way further than I thought. It rewired my brain to remember that like, I can go that far. I can do those things. Mm-hmm. I have the ability. I have the capability. I have the willingness. I have the um, persistence, determination, grit, so on and so forth. Pick the fucking adjective that fits for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have it and I made it. And so 
like that was that was a really big epiphany for me this last week so that whenever I'm out there, whenever I don't feel like it, it's like, okay, you can do this and you'll get back to where you want to be and probably even further. Right. And, 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 and it reminds me a lot of um, the uh, how it works in AA mm-hmm. where they say we strive for progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. one of my favorite things and it's still like it. Like when I hear an AA, I'm always like, that's the ticket right there, right? You're striving for progress, not perfection. So the whole thing is just a practice at this point. Yeah. You're just practicing to get better because that's what a practice is. You're just practicing so you can get better or at least maintain what you're doing at the level you're doing it, you know? So, yeah. you know, that's why they say what we, we, and we practice it in all our practices or whatever, but I mean, that's why I was looking for the, how it works right now on my phone. Cause I was like, I love the progress, not perfection because perfection is an impossibility and perfection is also an impossibility that alcoholics love to adhere to their lives you know, especially when you're being comparative, like when I'm being comparative and I'm like, this person's life is the model of what I think is perfect. So I need to fucking hate that person because I don't have what they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do that. I used to do that a lot. I still do that a lot. Actually, I'm not going to bullshit. I still do it. But uh, I think that mind, there's a couple things that I'm getting out of what you're saying to me, because it's like this paradigm shift is awesome. If you can have a paradigm shift, as far as what you define, what is progress in your life or what is acceptable for you do you know what i'm saying like it can work in positive and negative ways but because remember we were drinking what was acceptable to us while we were drinking is not acceptable (laughs) to us now you know so it can be a negative as well you know paradigm shift can be absolutely negative where you're like you know what this will do because this is what i need to survive so i need to live like this awful way or i need to live this uncomfortable way or i need to you know, we already know what we do. You know, I need to fuck with money a certain way or whatever it is, you know. The yeah. levels at which I fell, like, I remember, yeah, like the things that were acceptable. I I remember being fucking drunk and just like writing on the walls in my apartment with a fucking yes. and like doing all this shit. And I was, and then I would wake up hungover every day and look at what I'd been drawn or written and feeling so depressed. And I was like, man, I got to get some paint and I got to repaint this and blah, blah, blah. And I would never do that because that would take too much effort. And so I just lived with this reminder of the constant self-inflicted misery around me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, sucked. Mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to do that again. So now I fucking pick up after myself and Somebody said something about, I was talking to my brother or something about the dishes in the sink. And I was like, I don't even do that. I don't fucking leave dishes in the sink anymore because I can't. I can't either. Mm -hmm. I can't. I just can't. It's just not acceptable. Um, You know, another thing that I think we talk about alcoholism and alcoholism is a problem. And I had a conversation with somebody. I want to get your, your, your thoughts on this. Um, And they, they still drink. Um, but that was not what the conversation was about. It was about, it was about the pandemic and moving and dealing with family and other struggles and, and processes they were, they were going through. And the thing that they said was, um, I'm really good at sweeping these things under the rug so I don't have to deal with them. Mm -hmm. And nobody really calls me on my shit. And and what I heard was an invitation to call them out on their shit. Yeah. And so I said, I didn't want to just be like, hey, you're fucking up. I said, well, I would disagree with you on one on one point. 
that it's not easier to just sweep it under the rug, that you are going to spend your days walking over that lump under, on, under the rug over and over and over and over rather than just pulling it out and looking at it, examining it and repairing it. And I said, and again, not to call you on your shit. And I said, the, the application of that philosophy is the fourth and fifth step, right? It's, it's solitary self-assessment is not enough. Yeah, we have to write it down. We have to share it with some, another human being in our higher power. And again, this is not to promote program, but in that conversation, I started, I began to say all this, all of this that I'm telling you right now to this person. And when I was done talking to them about solutions to their problems, uh -huh. they very gently just went on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> they were no longer interested. Well, John, see, the it, thing is, I don't want to fix this. I just want to tell someone about it. Right. And so we spent all this time talking about problems, and it's not mm -hmm. until we want to start talking about our own solutions does anything fucking change. Right. But but also, you know kinda, that it's just sometimes you just got to talk about your problems forever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, though, because you're like, look, I have if you want some input, I can give you some input, but it, you just want to tell me. So that's cool. But if you ever want input, you can find me on my TikTok page, John Dances. <laughs> right. Johnny so Dances. What is it? Social Distance Dancer. Social Distance Dancer. Hold me closer, Tony Dancer. So, yeah. Um, but did you know the funny thing about that's all compartmentalization, though? Sweeping it sure. under the rug is just taking these things that you don't want to deal with and put them in another box. I remember doing something while I was drinking with someone, you know, doing some shit that I shouldn't have done. And that person's like, don't you feel bad? You shouldn't be doing this shit. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm an alcoholic. I put everything in a little box and forget about it. I just mm -hmm. drink it. I just drink till it goes away, you know, yeah. you know. And then it comes back at two in the morning when I'm going to sleep and I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? You know, but um, yeah, it is, it is a trip that, you know, you, you were like, well, but also John, you're like, well, this is the fourth or fifth step of Alcoholics Anonymous. And if the person's not an alcoholic or a practicing alcoholic doesn't want to hear it, they're going to be like, they're going to shut that door mad quick. They're going to be like, don't, don't you tell me about your cult shit. We can sell me some Tupperware now too. Well, I think I left that part out and I left the part out about the fourth and fifth step, but I did mm -hmm. say, this is the application to that philosophy. And, um, but they had opened up, well, they had said, Hey, how's your sobriety? That was your question to me. Not bad. Doing good. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I think it was more of like just concern and, you know, general concern and conversation. And I guess it just kind of all rolled out that way because mm -hmm. it had occurred to me and just in this last week about what are the, what are the lies that we tell ourselves and what are the truths that are going to fucking set us free, Jerry. I don't mean to sound fucking corny here, but like I had an epiphany out there on the road and my fucking shins hurt. And then they didn't. Why didn't, why did they stop hurting, Jerry? It was God. God was like, bing, he just like fork finger, bing, both your shins run, my son. And Jesus so, was next to him and high five uh -huh. him like, yeah. I don't there know. Was, I don't there know. There was only one set it? of footprints in the sand that day, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> so, but, but, the, the, the other, the other epiphany I had was because uh, I took a walk that day and that's when I had that conversation. And I was like, I don't feel like fucking running and I'm tired, but it was like, I need to get some exercise and I need something. So I was like, just go walk. So I ended up walking for the five mile loop that I, that I usually do. Hey man, it's and better than nothing, you know, it's better than nothing. And it was still great. And the, the conversation, what the other thing that occurred to me was 
We love talking about our problems. Very rarely do we love talking about our solutions. Of course we do. Yeah, because a solution work. means you have to do work. Exactly, dude. But a problem just means you complain. I love complaining though. I complain constantly. Everybody does, myself yeah. included. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exempt to this Working particular sucks, dude. <laughs> to this particular phenomenon. It just I found it, I found talking about the problems to be less interesting than yeah. talking about the solution. And that was just my um just in that moment and in the last week. And I was like, huh. I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's fine. You got problems. We all got problems. Cool. So it was just interesting for me. I was like, oh, but I really, let's talk about the solution. And then I started thinking about my own problems. And they're like, well, I got to go. Good talking to you. All right. Bye, bam. <laughs> it wasn't quite, it wasn't like that, but yes. All right, was... Johnny. Good talk. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. And I feel like people that I know that are still people I care about and people I'm close to are still dealing with alcoholism in one way or another. You know, as I got sober, we just stopped talking. Yeah. And, more and more and more because mm -hmm. they know, right, that talking to John is going to what? Yeah, but the thing is, you don't, I don't think you ever, I don't know. Do you broach it? I mean, you don't open up no. the conversation with like, how's your drinking going? Like they no. ask you. Yes. Every, every practicing no. alcoholic I've talked to when it comes up, it's because they brought it up. You still sober? Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about quitting drinking. I, I've been drinking a lot lately. I'm like, cool, man. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. I can tell you what worked for me. I can't give you a ride because I don't drive, but I can tell you what worked for me. You know, right? that's all I can tell you is this. If you really want to get down and fuck around, I can get down. We can have like a real talk that will probably make you feel not great. Or I can just be like, do you want to know what worked for me? And then they'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, AA, would you like me to go further? And they're like, no, I just want to go over to this part of the party and keep drinking. Right, exactly. Yeah, because that's what I did. I would do it to a buddy of mine who was is still in recovery now. And I'd always be like, you know, I've been really thinking about it. You know, holding two fucking drinks. Being Jerry, you know, holding two fucking double whiskeys. Be like, yeah, I've been drinking a lot lately. You know, double fist and shit. I re clearly recall doing that mm -hmm. to him. Probably so, over and over again. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's just so... I, the, the problem... It just isn't as interesting as the solution to me. No. Yeah. And not anymore. Um, not anymore. And when I can, you know, sort of apply it to my own physical body and my own and, and mentally too, because it's not just running's just not putting one foot in front of the other. There's like because I want to fucking quit sometimes right out the it door. It seems so complex too, man. I was watching that link. You sent me that Instagram woman showing you form oh, and yeah. how the foot needs to, when you're in mid stride, mm -hmm. your foot needs to be absolutely straight. Like you need to pull your feet up. And I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around that shit, but you will, you but will. That's, that's the minutia of it. Just like there's a minutia within recovery. There's mm -hmm. the big part of recovery where we're like, all right, don't do that shit anymore. Cause you're killing yourself and you're making everybody around you feel like shit or you're killing the people around you. All right, stop doing that shit. And then the minutia is once you stop doing the shit, mm -hmm. the minutia is how to continue not doing that shit that worked for you, that you thought worked for you, right? And a great, you know, a great resource that we haven't talked about in a while um, that I still think is applicable is uh, Mishka Shubali's Cold Turkey on Absolutely, Audible. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because and, he talks about, yeah. you know, he talked about early recovery, but a lot of these things can still be applied to... He's a real fucking dude, man. I know that, you know, he's the one kind of 
alcoholic we've interviewed, you know, recovery or whatever. I don't even know what he likes to call himself, but the one dude had issues and recovered. He's like, I think the biggest one we've interviewed so far, but he's like a real fucking dude. Like that dude gets to has moments of depression and is open about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm going through a period of depression. I love that. I love that. There's this newer breed of men out there that are going through distress, having a hard time. And they don't let those, that bullshit notion of masculinity, like fuck with their shit. They're just like, yo, I'm, I have depression. I have sadness. I'm going through right now and I fucking sucks and I'll get out of it. You know? And he's real straight honest with that. Very like uh, utilitarian to the point. That's why I love that book. Cause that book was very to the point. Here's what you do. It was like watching a YouTube video on how to put a dishwasher in. <laughs> Basically, He's like, I will help you with the physical aspect of it. Now, if you want spiritual guidance or something that will help the pain inside your soul, that whatever sparks that fire, then you got to go elsewhere mm-hmm. with that shit. But here is the first part to get that out of the way. Cause no one ever thinks, well, how, you know, what do you do? You look up on Google, like, how do I quit drinking? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I've never done it. I mean, neither maybe. I just kind of stopped, which wasn't smart, but I did because, you know, I probably should have gone to a hospital, but I did it because <laughs> it's America and healthcare yeah. and free. Right. So I was like, well, I guess I'll fucking die then. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear but that. you're, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. That Masculinity dude is, is another thing. Well, go ahead. No, just read Michigan. If you're in early recovery or you're, you're thinking you're listening to podcast, you're drunk right now. You're thinking about quitting get mishka's book man i think it's free on audible it was for a while i don't yeah. know if it is anymore but, i mean that um, book what's it called again cold turkey cold turkey i can't believe i'm recommending i forgot the name of it but <laughs> that fuck i wish i had that shit when i first got sober i mean yeah. i'm still i'm still sober now so something must have stuck but i think yeah. it would have eased me through it a little better than what i was doing yeah yeah um it's just he yeah he has a way of um like you said just being straight up about things that i think yeah. is, is important as approachable can, can often be lacking and seem it can well lots everything on social media can seem disingenuous and that's why i'm always is, I, yeah. that's why i'm constantly prefacing myself whenever i want to talk about some deep or profound or you know big feeling right and yeah. then the, the whole masculinity thing is like, I think about this stuff, man, because, you know, I'm a man. Yeah, you're a man. Yeah, there are other Let's men. rub dicks, bro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, the, and if that's, <laughs> I would probably most likely politely decline the request. Um, no, that'd make the podcast hella weird. Right. Yeah. Um. So and I, I that would probably be against the community guidelines on YouTube. But um. Yeah. I, but it's just because so there's Puritans. There's, there's these different um, levels of masculinity or styles or I mean so anything that I do is masculine because I'm a man, right? I get yeah, well, kind of. I mean, much. I, well, that's I, the yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, why I understand. Not? Yeah. I understand there are some pretty solid masculine and feminine traits that we mostly all of us agree on at least um, the way we we understand them at the moment how about the that? way right the way that we understand yeah. them at the moment but this shit has always been changing it's always been morphing and this is nothing right. new and so um i feel like i feel like being for me at least being stoic and strong and holding it in and stuff like that has not always been helpful 
And although like, I love reading Marcus Aurelius and I love reading that uh, meditations and the stoicism and I can take little parts of it, but then there's a whole nother part of me that is extraordinarily sensitive and fucking gets out there. And I start crying when I'm running and you know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. or in the bank parking lot or wherever the fuck, you know? And so, um, I don't think that's any less masculine than, uh, than how much I can lift. And I would like no. more. But see, we, you and I were raised in that generation where there are still ideas of what is what men should do and what women should do. I still fight against that all the time. My perceived notion because of the way, and it's no fault of my parents, this is how they were raised. It was societally, men do this, women do this, men aren't allowed to do this, women aren't allowed to do that, you know? Like, I still have to crack out of that a lot. And I do it in my own little ways, you know, but... I think it fits in with recovery. I think it's really appropriate to think about societal roles of what the different sexes are supposed to do or what the quote unquote, you know, genders or whatever. But that's a whole other podcast. That'd be like, well, G for gender. (laughs) I just think it, when it comes to dealing with my emotions, how I deal with them is really important. And sobriety brings up a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. still five years on six oh i know on. you texted me about it and then i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i'll be like hey you try these shoes and you're like sometimes in a run i cry real hard <laughs> and i'm like i'm just asking about fucking shoes dude but i'm sorry like yeah. i'll just like question i'm sorry i get it i get it but sir this is a wendy's sir <laughs> um uh so yeah it's it's just different and i i think that it's constantly changing because how i felt about being a man in sobriety in the beginning was not the same as I feel now. And no, we're both changing. We're both going in really interesting directions. Mm-hmm. This podcast 2021 is going to be interesting. I mean, I'm out here doing shit I've never really done or been open to. Going out in the woods with a chainsaw and chopping woods and chopping down trees and sh- all this shit, dude. Just yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, moving rocks, driving forklifts. I've been driving a tractor. How about that? I love it. It's awesome. I want to drive the tractor right now, but I, there's nothing to do. There's no you reason can't. to drive it. So I'm like, <laughs> just a waste of gas. Mm-hmm. You can't. Just to fucking drive the tractor around the yard. But just all this stuff about work boots, about like $240 work boots. Jesus. I know that I've been wearing, I know most expensive pair of shoes I own to work in. There you go. Why? I don't, well, because I don't want to smash my foot when I'm fucking, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doing all this shit I'm doing out here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get bit by a snake. So, no, not that either. Mm hmm. So I think so it's just we're changing, John. We're going through changes. Yeah. I mean, it's Ozzy true, Osbourne. Man. Yeah, is that was that his song? Change Ozzy Osbourne, and then uh, what's his name covered it? It did a really great soul cover of it, and I forgot his name, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. So I, I'm, I'm, again, I've said this before. I'm trying to look to the future with curiosity rather than fear. Yeah, um, let's do that. But yeah, and and sobriety and turning, I'm going to be turning 44 and 40, then 45 40. and 46 and probably 54 at some point, right? 54 is going to be pretty wild, dude. Right. Um, well, we'll have, we'll have waged, um, not waged, we'll have uh, weathered the storm of the pandemic and who knows what else. Um, Talk about the pandemic wars of 2021. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know the- Joe Biden, Joe Biden storming the Capitol. Mm-hmm. But just the Ugh. ebb and the flow, the the waves, and like the shit, shit comes and shit goes. And so, yeah. I think I think a certain level of detachment is helpful, you know, and just knowing that 
other things are going to come back around. They and will. Um, the the impending immediate crises needs to be tended to, but a lot of them need to also not be so internalized as to leave us paralyzed. Yeah. Wow. Write that down. I'm going to start. All right, Tupac. (laughs) Right? Yeah. We'll end our podcast on that. I'm Tupac. Well, Charles Bradley did the changes cover, by the way. I had to put that out there because that's Charles Bradley. Charles Bradley changes. It's dope, dude. All right. But thanks for the Tupac quote at the end there. You got it. Um, All right, Jerry. I'll see you. I'll see you next week. All right, man. Later. Later. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>